Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of A Conversation with Open Minds. I'm Randall, one of your co-hosts. I'm here with Noah. Hello, everybody. And also, KT. Hello, good evening, and welcome. And we're back. I just feel like it's all new again, and, you know, the world is in order. Everything's back in its place, you know, uh... And we have a special guest today. So today, our special guest is our Ramblin' Rit. He's going to talk to us about his travels, his writings, and his experiences. He's going to even talk to us about society as a whole. And I'm sure we'll have a deep conversation. We'll also get into his writing, The American Life is Killing You. It's pretty interesting. I read it last night. So we'll dive into all of that. Fellas, let's welcome Ramblin' Rit. Hey, 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 hey. man. Glad to have me on. Welcome aboard. Hey, welcome. What's going on? Glad to have you. What's going on? What's going on, man? How you feeling? Appreciate you guys. We appreciate you coming on, man. We appreciate you yeah, coming man. on, you know. In the world we live in, you know, we always like to talk to people that have a different perspective or even the same perspective, but just, you know, um, have different words to express how they feel you mm -hmm. know um and the world well, we live in changes every day <laughs> every yeah, day. It, yeah. It, it, it does it's gonna be totally different <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it does man i'm telling you man when i i uh i have to i know we're gonna get into it but i was reading i was reading uh your piece to american life is killing you man it was a bunch of stuff there man it was good stuff i had never read yeah. it Oh, appreciate and, it, man. And then it made me reflect on my own life. And I'm like, oh, man, he talking about me. <laughs> you know? <laughs> you know, ooh. It was uh, the, the tone. The tone was a little uh, little heavy, but uh, it's just. It was. Yeah. It, but, man, it resonated. Very direct. It resonated direct. with the world for some reason because I had like two million people read it. I know, to my man. surprise. To my surprise. Because yeah. nobody's ever read that much stuff from me, you know? And, uh. Yeah, I guess it. I guess it struck a chord with America for some That was yeah. deep, man. That was deep. all right. But before I even get into that, there's a lot I want to. I want to talk to you about that, man. Um, you know, we want to get into your travels and and talk to you about why you do what you do, and um, you know, each. So let me ask a question. Yeah. Yep. How, how did Ramblin' Rit actually start? Hmm. That whole concept of yeah, the whole Where concept, man. I guess it was, you know, I was I was in the military for a few years after high school. No military, God and country, overseas. man. God and country. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Go ahead. Five years in the five years in the Navy, man. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I got to travel everywhere, man. And it was just that always stayed with me. I just I knew I was gonna always, you know, want to go somewhere. Just always move and travel around. And uh yeah, man. So it just, that's just part of my spirit, man. I have to do it. I feel like I'm dead if I don't do that kind of stuff, you know? Mm. <clears throat> and uh, so it started pretty much, you know, I, uh, probably in my mid twenties, man, I just started looking and reading a lot and trying to look at random places to go and explore and go to historical sites around the United States and just do it and do it cheaply. You know, I do it really cheap, right. really cheap, really inexpensive. Right. Man. But yeah, man. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. If you read, man, you'll learn a lot about the world and and this yeah. definitely because uh, 
I know that uh, I've been talking to him. I definitely, by reading, has opened my eyes up to a lot of different things about the world and how yeah. things take place and and why they take place. But definitely, man, I started oh, core when you said it opened That's- your soul. Your soul doesn't feel like your it soul. Does, man. Expound upon that. And it all starts from reading, man. It's, it really does. It starts from reading. You start reading about all these places or reading about some kind of historical event, man. It, it makes you curious, man. It's like you got to go there and experience it yourself. You can't just, you know, look at it from on digital paper or on digital words, you know, across the screen. You really want to experience something, you know. Exactly. That's kind of where, where it happens. Well, I remember, too, one of the first times that, that you went on one of your rambles. I don't know if you wrote. I think it might have been one of the first ones you wrote about, but. You went down to Mississippi, and yeah. and that was <laughs> that was a cool trip. And 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 the reasons why you did it, where you went, what you know, what you were trying to get out of it was genuine, and it was really cool. It was a great trip. And you know, I, afterwards, I was like, "You went where? You yeah, went exactly. where?" And you made it out okay, <laughs> which was cool. Um, yeah, you know. But that was like the first time I remember going to you know thinking about you and going to my, saying to myself, "Going, man, that was cool." More people yeah. should do that. You know, I, I mean, everybody should do something like that. Take a little bit of a walkabout and kind of what what is your passion? What do you find, you know, that that you need to light that fire? And how do you think you can do that? And that to me was what you did, you know, for yourself, yeah. you know. And that was yeah, that was actually my first kind of solo rambling uh, excursion, you know, and I always tell people, you know, they're like Mississippi. What the hell are you going there for? Oh, you didn't just there? go to Mississippi, did you? I went to the Mississippi Delta. Yeah. Which the Mississippi Delta, for people who don't know, is it's the birthplace of the blues. That's where the Delta blues just just kind of slithered out of the soil of that suppressed land right there. It was, I mean, it's so much history, but it's uh, the the poorest. It's the poorest region in America by far. I mean, it's grueling poverty, mm-hmm. and but it's it's just a beautiful place, man. It it hasn't been touched by that the heavy hand of, of the modern world. You know what I mean? It's like walking right. in, walking into the world of yesterday still, and uh, it's it just mm-hmm. it's amazing, man. It's the communities are close together, you know. They're still, I don't know. They, it's just kind of like the old traditional ways of, of living back in the day, you know. And it's just a beautiful place, and I love right. it. I love it. Um, what made you choose the various places that you you chose? Well, let's look at the Mississippi Delta. Was it was yeah. it was it the scenery? Was it the cultural aspect or was it the regional significance? Yeah. So you might have just missed it when I just said it, but I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah, no, it's okay. all good. But like, I just, <laughs> yeah. I was just telling them that I'm, I'm a huge fan of the blues. And uh, man, I was reading about the blues and I was reading about all these old bluesmen that live there. And I was just like, Man, this is, this is the land that I got to go see for myself. And so that was one of my first rambling excursions by myself in, in the Mississippi Delta. And you had a and, couple of bars that you liked. Was it one or just two that you wanted to like? I need to go here. This is I need to see. Oh yeah, it. I need yeah. to experience. Unfortunately, it. yes. And man, because they they still had a few remaining juke joints. The juke joints are a dying breed in America. That they were the thing back in the day, man. You know, just music and you know you had the blues players up there and everybody around town coming <laughs> to these things and just having a blast. But but um yeah, I went to the end. It's closed down. Oh. But uh, it was, it's called Poe Monkey's Lounge. <laughs> 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 and it's, it's literally, it is the, it's the, you got to look it up online and just take, I, I took many pictures of it, but you got to look at it. You'd be like, there's no way I'm going in there. It's a dilapidated, it's a dilapidated <laughs> shack in the middle of a cotton field. Mm. It's the most mm. beautiful thing wow. ever. But it's, you know, it was an old gentleman. He's an old black guy that owns it. And uh, <laughs> he, he actually lives there. 
lives there, and on the weekends, he opens his whole place up for a juke joint, and he has really good uh, live music there. And uh, <clears throat> oh man, he, it was just the greatest man. And he he's always uh, he's always flamboyant. Um, like, you know, they call him Pole Monkey. That's his name. He always had his purple suit on. Oh, yeah. Walking around, yeah. making sure everybody felt at home. Sound then, like one of my uncles, about, man. Like one of my uncles. Yeah. And then an hour later, an hour later, he would put a yellow suit on. Mm -hmm. his hat. Oh. He changed. I wrote, I wrote about it. I wrote about it in the article. He changed four times. Oh, and he over there and, you know, he, he started that's working with the ladies. You know, he was 80 years old when I was there, you know. Mm. He welcomed me with like, oh, a big damn. open arms. Yeah, you know? but uh, oh man, he's one of the greatest. But yeah, and that's why I love. I, I went to the Mississippi Delta three times since then. I like to bring other people there to experience it with me. And uh, yeah. yeah, man, it's it's beautiful. I think I think Randall's gonna come with me next time. No doubt. <laughs> no doubt. We already talked about it. No doubt, man. Even though it's Mississippi, I know. Just You're gonna love it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. this part in the Delta region, man, it's I'm telling you, it's like I think it's that that whole region right there is 80 something percent African-American mm -hmm. and it's like 20 percent, you know, Caucasian or whatever. And but it's just mm -hmm. it's, it's it's just beautiful, man. You got the people, like, are, the people are genuine, I bet. Down genuine, home. you know, and even though like, you know, Mississippi's known as a very, very racist state, you know, and it is. But like in the Delta, man. Right. It's incredible how like you just how the all the old white people and the old black people just get along like they're like they're just brothers and sisters, man. Mm -hmm. It's 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 amazing, and I love that place. And I always tell people, I was like, I know this sounds weird, but you got to go to the Mississippi Delta. <laughs> <laughs> it is the most you have to go. It's oh, I love it. No doubt, no doubt. Noah, did you have a question? No. Well, I started. I was asking him about um, that was like one of his first excursions, but. You know, another you go to all kinds of places. So another one I remember you going to and I actually was more scared when you said you were going here than to the Delta was when you went to L.A. and you said you were going to camp out in Skid Row. <laughs> yeah, and I, I thought that. to myself, <laughs> man, this guy is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Drunk rambling right there because as soon as I saw Skid Row, I hauled ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because you're not you're not crazy. You know? No. <laughs> And let me tell you this. When I tell you that Skid, Skid Row is by far the most craziest place, it's you can't even you can't even possibly fathom that human beings live. What a paradox! Yeah, mm. yeah L.A. Huh? I heard it's mm. crazy people in L.A. Never been there. Everybody's hauling ass from L.A. now, though. They're they're oh, leaving. For real? Yeah, record levels. Yeah, they, California's crazy from the north to the south. They get all kinds of problems. It's it's yeah. It's, it's unfortunate to too because California just, is beautiful, man. Me yeah. and my son, me and my son, yeah. uh, I'm taking one of my, uh, my children on a vacation, just like a solo rambling excursion. As on the, I got three kids. So on, on the cusp of them being teenagers, uh, we go on a little rambling excursion. So my son turned 13 a couple of years ago, and we went and did a road trip in California, just me and him. And we just brought a tent, and we just did a whole road trip up Big Sur, you know, the, the whole coast of California. And nice. to this day, I mean, he remembers it like, uh, you know, like it was the most beautiful thing. And it was, it was just, California is just gorgeous, man. The weather's perfect. The, uh, you got mountains, mm -hmm. you got desert, you got ocean, yeah. you got everything you need, you know? 
But it's you, just you, you just don't got the money to live. You don't got all. the money. So, <laughs> so that's why you got to bring a tent and sleep on the side of the road sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, man. I bet you. Oh, I'm telling man. you, man. But definitely. Well, I don't know if anybody else has a question. If not, I'll ask another one. Nope. I don't know Go if ahead. I cut in and out, but I don't know if I asked if anybody yeah. asked you this. Uh, Rick, give me maybe three to five people that influenced you to ramble or travel around the U.S. and give me their significance to your journey. Ah, three to five people. Hmm. Or, or two. It don't yeah. matter. It don't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It don't matter. Yeah. Or just one. Uh, well, definitely, man. Jack Kerouac. I read, I read his book uh, in, uh, when I was in my mid-20s. And I'm 40 now, but um, yeah, Jack Kerr, he wrote this book called On the Road back in 1957, I believe it was published. And just the prose and the spirit and, mm -hmm. and, and the lifestyle, like they called him probably the, uh, uh, probably the most popular vagabond in America because he was just writing and rambling. And the way that he wrote, they, mm -hmm. uh, the way that he wrote, he kind of revolutionized how you, how you write novels too, because his prose was spontaneous. Uh, it was just it was just a very unique book yeah. and i read mm. that book and i was just like oh i knew this mm. guy was singing to my soul right when i started reading that shit man mm. and uh yeah <laughs> and so he was probably one of the biggest influences and he wrote that book you know in the 50s so you got to picture america in the 50s man it was just like post-world war you know everybody was getting drowned out by conformity and everybody's moving to the suburbs and everybody was just trying to you know, live this menial kind of lifestyle. I mean, this was like the beginning of the suburbia America that we know today, you know? Right. You and got a car, was, you got a TV right. and the mortgage. The TV, yeah. and, you, and you did the same thing. Everybody believes in the same thing. It's, a, it's just a very conformed time, you know? And then you had these little young guys that are coming out of college and they're just like, hell no, we're doing this shit. And so they're going to live. It, I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. Oh, man. And then I was just, yeah. And so that's, man he took on a road trip all, all across america and just writing about that shit and reading it i was just like oh my gosh man that's this guy he's singing to my soul for sure so that was one of the biggest influences for me yeah um man who else man I, uh henry david thorough man he's one he's one of my favorite philosophers of all time he's a guy that was uh in the 19th century right outside of boston massachusetts and he's he's a naturalist kind of philosopher he's a but he his big thing is a minimalist he lived more poetically than most people he saw mm -hmm. people were craving possessions and just that you know and, so basically like now his thing was, like 2020 <laughs> yeah basically exactly. 2020 he was yeah, he was <laughs> nostradamus he, he knew <laughs> yeah, yeah. Nah, yeah. But go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. He wrote. Yeah. He wrote like he in 1844, I believe it was. He uh he left society for two years, man. He built he built by himself a little cabin in the woods by himself just to divorce himself from society as much as he could. And that's when he wrote his first book called The Walden Pond. But that's when he went. One of my favorite quotes is he goes, "I went to the woods because I wished to live deliberately." to front only the essential <clears throat> facts of life and see if I could not learn what it had to teach and not when I came to die, <clears throat> discover that I had not lived. <clears throat> I was like, ooh, that could wow. always hit me. So yeah, he was one of my big influences on just, you know, traveling and, and living, living, uh, I guess a minimalist lifestyle, you know? Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> That's deep, man. Yeah. Definitely, yeah, man. I love definitely. I don't know if anybody else, I don't I don't want to overstep. But uh if uh You're good man. Oh Run okay, because yeah, that, that takes me right into man. <laughs> Let's talk about this American life is killing you. Bro, oh, I read I read this and I was like, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I mean I was like, I, I get it, man. I was like, that's that's deep because uh Man, keeping up with the Joneses. That's the first thing. I mean, a lot stuck out with me. Yeah, that's it. That, that was the but key. keeping up with right. the Joneses, that stuck out with me. I said, man, you know what? Yeah. Everybody does that because everybody wants more. Um, and everybody wants the appearance of success. And everybody, even if they don't feel that way or not, they think success equals to money. How much money or fame you have equals mm-hmm. to success. But Really, what I got out of this, one thing that I got out of your writing was that you have to find your own happiness and go out and see the world and find you whatever. Just be like you had a, a, a sentence in there. You say you just need to be as a person. Just go out and explore. Um, yes. It's a couple other things I want to say, but let's start there with the keeping the Joneses. And, and yeah. tell me what you so, meant by that. Right. So. I wrote this article on February 1st of this year. I just went up to my local brewery, had a few beers, and I wrote this article. And um, never in a million years would I thought that this thing was going to take off like it did. Like it, it freaked me out, too, when it did, because I was just like, what the hell is happening? But yeah. I, I, and it's so crazy, the timing, too. This published, what, uh, five weeks before the pandemic lockdowns? You know? Mm. Five weeks. So it was just like, the American life is killing you? You know, but yeah. pretty much, yeah, the basis of the article was, you know, I was kind of it was keeping up with the Joneses and how most most Americans, most of us in the modern world, we, we live in the mode of of having instead of the mode of being like you were talking about, you know, and the mode of having is is you, you kind of define who you are by your material possessions and your status, you know, and all that artificial stuff, you know, mm-hmm. and most people live in that mode because we're actually kind of manufactured to, to, to live in that mode, especially in the yeah. modern world, you know, you, you've been conditioned to, you know, just constantly crave uh, stuff on the outside instead of really looking face to face with your own soul, mm-hmm. you know, and, mm-hmm. and who you really are, you know? So yeah. It, and I kind of started out the article with like, if you're in the same boat as the typical American, your dilemma might look something like this. And then I just went mm. off the enlist, like you're probably enduring some type of chronic illness, you're overstressed and rushed. You have an unrewarding job, little or no savings. You're greatly in debt. You have a fat mortgage, two vehicles in the driveway with a five or seven year loan on each. Lots of gadgets mm. and toys to keep you occupied. Huge TV, little free time for yourself due to your career or a demanding spouse. Weekends filled with church and or senseless entertainment and a bathroom cabinet heavily stacked with pharmaceutical <laughs> Tic Tacs to help you cope with the emptiness of it all. Man, you hitting everybody, man. You're hitting so yep. everybody. That was, that, was the, that was the intro. Uzi, 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 all the way through. Oh, yeah. You just shot everybody. Uzi. <laughs> <laughs> just a drive-by. Everybody gets it. And, that, and that, was, that was the intro paragraph. And I'm just like, oh, man, I'm going to get so much shit from this. I'm going to get hate mail. Everybody's going to be like, man, you're so pessimistic. <laughs> so I went on to say, this is probably you, and it's okay. This is considered normal in America. Like, you're yeah, a normal mm-hmm. citizen. That's a, you're a good, law-abiding, normal citizen. You... Are, are you, you're a success. You've achieved the American dream. 
your mm-hmm. obedience and your education and hard work have right. paid off. Congratulations. Mm. <laughs> you know, but that's that's the definition of success. In it. And I guess, I, you know, we're at a time right now, I think, where everybody's starting to ponder like, oh, shit, th- this isn't it, man. This this is not. But, even it, but it, was a, it was it was it was in a way a backhanded compliment because he was like, congratulations, you played yourself. Basically yeah. what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. You know, you. You, you got became, all this stuff, yeah. but you're empty. Yeah, you became what you they wanted you to be. Exactly. Now you can look at people and be like, hey, man, I got a good job and success. I got a house, mortgage. Look at this. Look at my new truck. Mm-hmm. I make $50,000 a year, but I'm driving a $75,000 truck, man. <laughs> <laughs> What's wrong with that? No, yeah, exactly. Hey, I'm not doing any kind of job, but I'm just saying, like, hey, man. <laughs> They, they, no, no, I just, how to get money to, to travel? I was like, because I don't have a fifty thousand dollar truck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now I will say this: as I've gotten older, and I'm not old, old. I mean, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I'm not the oldest person say. on this podcast. But you know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say that, man. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just trying to break it down. But what I'm saying is, as I'm, as I'm getting older, I mean, I like material stuff. Everybody does, but I'm starting to think about. Uh, Mm-hmm. For lack of a better word, legacy, and you know you're you're more than halfway to your death. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this, so you want to make sure you. In my mind, I want to make sure I've done and seen what I wanted to see because I don't know how much longer I have. And when I read this passage, it made me even think even further about that. Like, right, hey man, materialistic stuff is. I mean, it's nice, but it's not really it. Getting out there and doing the things you want to do. Yeah. Is the way. Yeah. You know, that right. makes sense. You know yeah, what I'm saying? It does for sure. And sure, when I was when I'm writing this article, I'm mm-hmm. not writing to somebody else. I'm writing to my own self too. You know? Yeah. I'm I'm involving me in this too. Like Yeah, exactly. Cause we're you know, we're all we all live in the modern world. We all got mortgages and we got families and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But the it, I think the key is, you know, right. I don't hate this word, but it's, it's so typical, but like the balance, you know, you can you can you can still live you can still live a responsible domesticated life, but still have that part-time lion in you where you go out there and just taste the earth, you know? Well, yep. Yeah. I think part of it is the realization, like we were programmed to kind of be on the, like, you know, like you're saying, the owning things, the keeping up with the Joneses, Joneses and the consumerism that you've got to get and have and buy. But I think people are starting to realize that, and hopefully they are, that it's not, the, the money you spend, it's not the, the things that you have or the wealth you're trying to accumulate. What really makes a person, person wealthy, at least on the inside, is not having all this debt and having all these anchors and things that weigh you down, like I got to do my job and I can't miss this and I got to do, and all that weight, it kind of suffocates you to do anything else and you kind of are crippled and you're paralyzed and you're stuck right. in the system. And, and that's, I think if people start to realize that, and I think of, of kind of what you're saying is that, you know, yeah, you've got to be able to do the things that you want to do to live and, and you know, and, and be happy. But don't be a slave to your job, man. It's a tool. Use it to get where you want to be and do what you want to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Colin Wilson. Yeah. Colin Wilson said something right. like that. Uh, right. He said, these men are in prison. They are quite contented in prison. Caged yeah. animals who have never known freedom. But it is prison all the same. You know, because, you know, our lifestyle I mean, we on the illusion that we look like we're free, you know, we have we have a beautiful house and mortgage homes, but like you saying, it's crippling our inner being on who we are because we want to do things, and now we're we're paralyzed, we're stuck because we have all this responsibility and duties and obligations to take care of, 
that we put on ourselves, you know, and it's most of the mm -hmm. time we do it because we're like Rich said earlier, keeping up with the Joneses, you know, we need that nope. nice car in the garage or in the, in the driveway. Mm -hmm. So our neighbors be like, Hey man, look at this. You know, he made it like he, he made, made it, man. He you know? over yeah. the ball. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but it's crazy. I, and you know, once you discover that you're living <laughs> in the mode of having, and this is from Eric Fromm, he was a great night, uh, 20th century philosopher and psychologist, but he wrote a book called to be or to have. And this is kind of where I got the gist from this thing about, you know, living in the mode of having or living in the mode of being. And, you know, what, what his argument was is like, you know, us modern people, we live in the mode of having, you know, our, mm -hmm. our whole life is wrapped up in our career or our, you know, our possessions, you know, and it, a lot of us are, are struggling with that now. I think you can see, you know, everybody's on, I guess what, I think it was like 52% of Americans are on medications, some, some kind of medication, you know, mm -hmm. and, you know, we just, right. I don't know, man, I just think we, we've uh, kind of kind of been severed from the earth man severed from the essence of who we really are as humans you know somehow. yeah yeah nature is mm -hmm. becoming farther and farther away yeah yeah no doubt man yeah no doubt i guess in a in a physical sense too when you think what they're doing with the world there will be mm, not much yeah, nature right. left yeah, yeah if we keep bringing freedom if we keep bringing freedom yeah. <laughs> It's hey not going to be no nature left, man. That's hey, man. everybody. I'll tell you know? <laughs> <laughs> about it every year. Yeah, California's right? on fire. So, we got hey, to bring yeah. democracy through a barrel. That's gun, right, man. <laughs> That's right, man. <laughs> we got to bring some freedom to Iraq, man. They That's right. Some freedom over there. Uh, <laughs> Afghan Afghanistan. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, all, They're all in dire them. need of freedom. <laughs> freedom, man. They need some freedom yeah. over there. Yeah, man. <laughs> And America right. has a pocket full of freedom. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we would. Don't sit down your Oh, I mean, not, not. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is just it is crazy, crazy times, man. Just think, if, if you were, if you woke up on January first of this year, you couldn't have predicted what the world looks like six, seven months later, eight, ten months later. No way. If you would have oh, no. thought, you know, everybody would have called no. conspiracy theorists if you would have predicted what the hell is happening right now. Be like no way, mm -mm. yeah. Oh, man. What <laughs> time know. to be alive? What mm. a time. Let me. That tell is you, true. I, I feel bad for my kids because I don't know where the, where yeah. I headed. Not to get off subject, but I mean, yeah. Well, yeah. It's, it's, uh, you know. you, you got to think about what what they're going to grow into, and you know, are they going to inherit, you know, something that's that's viable, you know, or are they going to just be, you know, I I don't I, mm -hmm. I tend to be more optimistic than pessimistic, although I get both. But I like to think that there's going to be that realization that our kids have from us as the adults in, in the world to go, man, those people are crazy. We're, we're, we're going to do things a little different in our mm. time. And yep. I, I really hope that there's that change that, you know, people kind of let go of that corporatism that they've got to I'm, I'm part of this job and, you know, I've got to stay here. And, you know, I think that there's a little bit of that changing with the, the gig economy and people, people being able to do kind of crazy and different jobs and i'm going to do this for a little while and then i'm going to do that and let's see how this works out and yeah you know it, it's a, it is a different world yeah mm. that, that's another thing is you know a lot of people feel mm. like they are kind of a robot in this society because we i mean we do have the you know i call it the corporate state you know we have this yeah. huge massive government that's entwined with this huge massive corporate system that we have and oh man it's just it, it's incredible yep. you know it's a machine. It's, it really is a machine, man. It's a machine.
automatons, you know, we just pull the levers and make sure that yep. the machine benefits for us, you know, but we're, we're really stuck under it. They got the, their what were you saying, us. Noah, the other week are you talking about? It feels like it's the matrix. We are having that discussion. <laughs> we're really in the, we're really in the matrix. We're in the matrix. We just don't know we're in the matrix. <laughs> to some yeah, extent, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I really, I, as crazy as it is, I like to think that our kids are going to have that wake up and they're going to see the way we do things. And, you know, I think as every generation happens, you, you do get a change. There's an evolution. There's a realization um, that I don't want to be my parent, the mannerism part and all that. But, yeah, as far as like the, the world and the way we operate and the way we think and the philosophies that I really like to think that kids are going to wake up one day and go, you know what, I'm going to go out and I'm going to live in the woods. <laughs> and I'm going to, you know, I'm going to build a log cabin, uh, you know, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I, I really like to think that. So reality, so no, you're telling me different. that you're an optimist, right? Um, I try to be. As, as Mark Twain once said, the man who is the pessimist before 48 knows too much. If he is an optimist after it, he knows too little. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more of a recovering cynic, I think. Maybe that's a good description. I don't know. Uh, no, but I'm saying for sure, like, I, I think there's, I forgot the term, but self-sustaining farming that's happening. Farmers yeah. markets yeah. Are, are, are just record mm-hmm. right now. And people yep. are starting to reconnect, you know, because we've been eating this garbage forever, you know, especially yep. post-World War II, mm-hmm. just manufactured corporate shit, mm-hmm. chemically laced and all this kind of stuff. But we're getting, we're starting to get more in tune with how we eat our food. And I don't know, man, I, there, and, there's, uh, a, there's a part of me that's, that's optimistic about that kind of stuff. And I too. was, uh, I don't know if you guys know, I think all of you guys know who Killer Mike is, activist or rapper. Yeah. He said, he said all people. Yep. But he was talking about black people at the time. He said all black people should know how to hunt, fish, and grow their own food. Oh yeah. Yeah. That's gonna be the way of the future. We need to, we need to learn that. Yeah. And I think he yeah. said, Yeah, hunt, hunt, fish, and grow our own food. Yeah. He's like also if you can navigate too, that's a good skill to have. Yeah. You know. And that's important for everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and coming out from like Malcolm X, man. He was, he was yes. definitely, he was definitely into the, the, the individual, you know? Yes. Especially when he was talking to his fellow black race, you know, he was just like, mm-hmm. hey, you, you can't be leaning on those systems all the time. You can't be, Mm-mm. you know, it, legislation's fine, but don't depend on it. It's, well, that's a whole other, sharpen that mind. That's a whole other topic because it made us dependent on the system, but that's a whole nother discussion, man. Right. We'll yeah. <laughs> man, I could do an hour. I know exactly what you're talking about. Because when you depend on the system, the system uses you in order yeah. to affect your people. But right, yeah, I, I, I don't even want to go down that wormhole because we can be down there for a, long for, time. for a while, for a while. But I, yeah, yeah. but I do want to talk about. If, I don't know if anybody has another question, but I, I saw something that I want to read word for word because it's gonna make the evangelicals real mad. And I want to quote you. Oh, jeez, because I don't want them mad at me. I guess. Mm. <laughs> so I'm gonna just quote from your writing. I was like, when I saw that, I was like, I agree. Yeah, but I'm gl- I'm glad I didn't say it. I was like, he said. <laughs> that's the one. I, if, if I'm thinking what you're thinking, that's the one paragraph where I debated. I'm like, should I put this Ooh, in or should I not? Man, it like, it you know was what? good. I was like, I have to. I have to. It 70, was good. Seventy percent of Americans are Christians or whatever, you know. So yes. I'm, I'm putting this in. Yes. So I quote, and I'll quote Ramblin' Rick. He said, even the devout Christians among us, as far as I can see, are more influenced by our disease culture than the give it all away teachings of Jesus. 
Christians tend to be up there with the most materialistic people among us, which is ironic because they supposedly follow the teachings of the least materialistic human known to man. Bomb dropped right there. That's, that's powerful. I give it to him in the words were because I agree. I agree with it. And I know exactly yeah. what you're saying, but yeah. somebody that doesn't read a lot like you or doesn't think like you might take that the wrong way. I like right. I'm a I, I'm a professed Christian, but right. I understand other religions and teachings and try to have a higher form of thinking but somebody that's just reading that on the surface oh yeah and let me tell you <laughs> well, some, sometimes the sometimes the truth hurts you know when you, hey. when you take that look in yourself and you go oh man Ooh. am i doing this and 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 no. what, what blows my mind is all the justification that goes along with well you know, I, I need this, or I, I can have this, or it says it here in the Bible somewhere that, you know, wealth and, you know, be prosperous. And it's like, no, that's, that's, that's different than what that man, that, that guy, that prophet that walked the earth, you know, 2000 years ago said was, you know, give it away, you yeah. know, just be, be, be true to yourself. What you do to the least of you, you do to unto me. Yeah. But we don't and, we preach that, but we don't act. Oh, they, it's not, it's not, it's not believed. Yeah. It's just not. Yeah, yeah we don't act. It's so it. hard. Yeah, we, you know, we all go ahead, fall, go ahead. we all fall short of the ideals of all religions, right? I mean, yes. Yeah. You know, we can preach it, we can we can believe in it, we can do all this mm-hmm. stuff, but we all fall fall short of the ideals, you know. But um, yeah. So that you know, I just I just wanted to put that in so bad because it was it's it was, great. It's yeah, classic. And I it was mean, just you know, and that wasn't even a bash over. Even though you, that you claim to be a Christian, you might go to church and you might post your you know, Bible verses on your social media and, you know, you're, 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 you're out there displaying to the world how good you are, you know, devout you are, but still you're way more influenced by today's culture than you are by the teachings of the, you know, of the God that you believe in. Yes. You know? Yeah. That's just true. Like, you know, cause you know, I, the Christian lifestyle a hundred years ago is way more different than it was today. Like everything the Christians do today was considered a sin to the Christians a hundred mm-hmm. years ago, but now it's normal yeah. because, you know, it's, it's we're more of a problem are really of the religion that we follow, you know? Yeah. Yeah. The time, the times dictate mm-hmm. how our religion is, uh, carried say, out. Man, culture, culture, word. culture is always the true religion. You know, it influences mm. us more than anything. Oh yeah. You no know, doubt. and it's hard to, it's hard to live like according mm. to Jesus, but if you really did live according to Jesus, You'd be crucified just like he was. Well, that's that's even if you believe in Jesus. You got to believe in Jesus. Right. You know, if if you don't even believe in Jesus. Yeah. But even if you you believe even if you believe in him as a symbol or a metaphor or or some ideal lifestyle or whatever, you know, we're still falling way short of that ideal, you know, and especially the people that believe in him. Oh, no. believe in him, you know, the devout. No doubt. I listen to to this one guy that says he was raised very very catholic and you know he, he's a very liberal-minded person but his feeling about jesus is that of elvis you know i love the man i love what they did but the unauthorized fan clubs scare the hell out of me <laughs> mm, that's good that's really good and, you know that that's and, and for me like i was raised jewish and i look at you know i start to look into the 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 words that that guy said and i'm like i can get behind that yeah mm-hmm. I, I dig that there's nothing wrong with that that's cool 
but yeah, all the other stuff. And it, there's a lot that, you know, well, yeah. uh, I, I will say this, even just Christianity, uh, man, I don't want to take us another di- discussion, but throughout the thousands of years it's gone, it's been, it's evolved because yeah, somebody yes. that wrote these words, however many years ago, and this Bible has been printed and printed and passed down. You can't tell me that it's, it hasn't been uh, expanded upon or changed for their liking. I mean, look at a conversation you have with your friends. If you have five or six friends and you tell one of them a story, he tells the other person a story. By the time it gets to that fifth or sixth friend, it's yeah. different. But I think the, the, the idea of Christianity... Let me make sure I'm saying this right. Remains the same in what Rit is saying. If we're going to believe in that theory of, um, you know, not placing value in materialistic things and helping the least of us, I think that's a big part of it, too. Um, It's okay to have things, but it's also okay to help people. um, Point out wrong, because that's what Jesus did. I just think people nowadays, they pick and choose how they want to interpret the Bible. And right. if you don't read the Bible or the Quran or whatever you believe in, you'll be swayed. But the the materialistic aspect of what he's talking about, yeah, we're caught up in it. Because even look at these big mega churches. Jesus didn't oh, have yeah. a big mega church. No. And if he was the head pastor, he would be getting millions of dollars. You know, I think yeah. that's. What you're talking about, right, Rick? I mean, oh yeah, man. If he saw, saying. if Jesus saw the, if, if Jesus <laughs> came back and saw these big, humongous mega churches, he'd go in there yeah. and flip the tables over. Like exactly, that's what I'm saying. He'll <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 be yeah. flipping over the, the podium. Man, he really would, man. You know, Johnny Cash was a man who was who was a very sinful man. He he had a lot of demons in his past, but he was a man of the people, man. He wore black because he wanted to help the suppressed and the, and the, and the, and the people that are in prison. And he did concerts in, in, in the, in prison. And he did all this kind of stuff to help just the outcast and the, and the, just, uh, you know, the downtrodden now, yeah. man, down and yeah, out, you know, yeah. like, even though he was definitely not the ideal Christian, but he, you know, that kind of Christianity, I was just like, you know, that's, that's a good Christianity to me. Yeah. Yeah. It I think style. I think anybody that is, you should be leery of anybody that walks around like a perfect Christian. You should be leery of that person. Yeah, because... I'm actually scared of them more than I am. Right <laughs> yeah, you should be leery of them. <laughs> and I'm saying that as somebody who professes to be a, a Christian. Yeah. Your walk is not perfect, you know, but getting back to the societal aspect of just the American life, I think the ideal of of America and I guess the Christian theories is it's hard for people to take when you when you write something like that, especially if they haven't read or they don't understand or they're really shallow with their knowledge and yeah. understanding of what's going on. Right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, that's no, deep, man. go ahead. No. Yeah, I followed up. I followed up with that that paragraph. I was like, the truth is, is that culture, the culture of materialism and consumerism is our God. Yes. Even among the devout. 
Mm-hmm. And it, it's just true. It's the cultural programming runs deep, and it's clear to see that our hearts and minds have been severed from the sacred. You know, mm-hmm. that's it. Just it's, it's just the way it is, and I think we're seeing it right now with just the way society is. You know, the way the loneliness is. Even though we're all connected, we're all connected like we've never been before. You know, we're more yeah, we're more connected now than ever. Yeah, but we're lonelier than ever before too. And we're you know, mm-hmm. yeah. depression rates and anxiety rates are through the roof. Even among kids, you know, it's just like, man, what's happening? You know, what's happening to the society when our exactly. kids, when our kids are not happy, even though, exactly. even though we live in the most prosperous times in history, that's the crazy mm-hmm. part, right? We live in the safest, most prosperous times in history. Uh, that's what the data shows. And we're still not happy. We're actually declining in, in uh, I guess, mental well-being and spiritual well-being, you know, mm. so somehow we need, we need to, to revive it, you know? Mm. And that, that's and kind can, of what this article was pretty much about, you know. Definitely. I think what you're doing as far as getting back out into the world and in nature and just rambling, I think that helps. Definitely, yeah. man. Uh, you know, just... Oh, and you I know, did, I, Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, before we, you know, I, I don't know how much more time we've got, but I just wanted to ask, you know, whenever you want to answer, you know, don't feel like you got to say it right now, but just curious about places that you want to go that you haven't been or places that you don't think you'll make it to, whether it's, you know, the top of Mount Everest or, you know, uh, the, the, the most isolated place in the Brazilian rainforest or wherever, you know, middle of New York city. I just wanted to kind of ask you that about, you know, where you want to go and what you want to do for the future, just in general. Ooh, that's a good, uh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Um, luckily when I was in the Navy, I've been through Europe, but I've been through a lot of beautiful places like Germany and Spain and Iceland, you know? So, I, I mean, I love them places and I would love to go back. Um, love to do an ayahuasca retreat I, in ooh. South America. Oh, oh yeah. Not only, yeah, yeah I just, I've, I've been wanting to do that for a while. I, uh, yeah. So that's going to be a later, a later on thing in life. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, dude. I really want to do that. But, that one. Yeah. No. You know, I just, I just got back from a backpacking trip through the Rocky mountains, uh, a couple, uh, August, yeah, last week, August. And that place is just, it's, it's just unbelievable. It's just a magical place. Um, no doubt. I don't know. There's some, yeah. something about just living a few days with a backpack on your, on your back and that's it. And you, you know, you're forced to, you're forced to just go out there and live with, with just the bare essentials. I don't know, man, your consciousness rises, it heightens, you feel more alive. Um, I don't know, man, I just, I love doing that kind of stuff. So that's, that's the kind of stuff that I like to do in the future more of. Okay. Well, what we're going to do now, because we're getting close to the end of our time, we're going to go around the room and just summarize our feelings, however we want to summarize them. And uh, we'll start with, uh, with Rick. If you want to summarize uh, your feelings on your travels Ooh. and things that you want to see people do or anything that you want to tell the people out there in podcast land about Ooh, your travels. podcast land. <laughs> well, let's see here, man. What do I say about this? <laughs> well, you can just start out and be really provocative. You're dying. <laughs> Every single one of us, you're, you're, you're dying. Your, your, life, your days are fleeting. That's and it's right. up to you and only you mm. to, to carve out the life that you want. And you have to develop that inner, that inner landscape of yourself to really, you know, try to find who you truly are and what you truly want in life. Because 
if you let if you let society and culture manufacture your appetite nonstop, you're going to be the typical person that I write about in this article, over medicated but a success, depressed. You have to find out who you are. You truly are, as Nietzsche says, become who you are. It, that's that's really the key is to develop your inner potential, and that, that's when you can recognize what you really want in life. And I think a lot of people are starting to do it these days. But you know, that's. That's pretty much it, man. You just got to get out there and taste the earth, man. We're so disconnected from everything because we're so... I like that. Taste the earth. Yeah. Taste we're, the I mean, earth. We're just so disconnected from everything because we're, we're spirit... Uh, we're, uh, di- we're, all, we're all in the digital world, right? We're, uh, we're all heroes, in the world, but we really got to get out there and taste you know, what this world's really about. And there's no, there's no better way to, to, I guess, raise your consciousness and to develop your mind and your spirit better than than in no travel no you know i mean it's no hard doubt. to be a bigot when you travel once yep, you, once you really once you really involve <laughs> yeah. yourself with humanity you're gonna see you're gonna look into the eyes of the people that you don't only, you would never even imagine that you would look into the eyes of and be like oh my god we're one let me write we that down one. it's hard to be a bigot when you travel yeah <laughs> yeah that's a good one man yeah, but I right. just wanted to tell this one last Jack Kerouac quote, which is Go really ahead. my favorite thing ever. But he goes, uh, the only people for me are the mad ones, the ones who are mad to live, mad to talk, mad to be saved, desirous of everything at the same time. The ones who never yawn or say a commonplace thing, but burn, burn, burn like fabulous yellow Roman candles exploding like spiders across the stars. Mm. Oh. Vivid. Man. Get out there. Oh. All right. <laughs> KT, nice. KT, you want to say, summarize anything? Oh, yeah. I totally agree with what he's saying, that you do have to kind of get out there, travel, see the world for yourself and not through the eyes of, uh, you know, somebody else, something else, some show, some book, some magazine. Um, get out there and actually feel it for yourself. Um, but, yes, today, I, I, I kind of hope today, 2020, I always say that we're going to put an asterisk on this year because it never happened. But I believe that I believe that this year should show everybody that you have no idea what's going to happen. You know, we sat there January, February, thinking we were just going to go through another another year, just like we always do. And next thing you know, a month later, people are getting locked up in their houses because they can't leave. And it changed everybody drastically and quickly. To where they didn't know how to react to that. So they don't realize that this will now be a slightly different, slightly new normal. So if shit like this is going to happen from year to year, you definitely need to unplug yourself from the world society that it is no and doubt. go see what's no on the other time. side. Yeah, uh, no, I, I like got to think that, you know, I, I'm, I'm a bit of a progressive. So I like to think that, you know, we're always progressing. Um, into the next evolution, if you will, of people and humanity and the world and whatnot. So, I, you know, people like Rit that goes out there and does crazy things, even if the rest of us are a little too chicken, at least it gives somebody the idea, the wherewithal to go, you know what? They did it. I might not go to the Mississippi Delta, but maybe I'll go to, uh, you know, uh, Tennessee and go see Graceland or I'll, you know, take my kids on a trip and go see someplace that, you know, I w- I've always wanted to go and tell and show them, you know, we demonstrate things, you know, by our actions and, and you know, what we, what we actually say and what we do, you know, so somebody's going to look at things and go, you know what, let's do this. 
All right, we need to do this. There's a little, there's a little light in, you know, in the corner of my eye that says this, this has to be done. I've waited long enough. It's time. Let's do it. No yeah. doubt. Love it. And I, I just think what I learned from just reading Rich writing, talking, knowing him, and just the conversation we had today is just travel outside your space. You know, a lot of people, especially yeah. in America, don't even travel outside the area code. Travel outside your space. Learn about yourself. That's important. Yeah. Um, and the quote, mm-hmm. Ramblin' Rick, I saw in his piece, it said, travel places that frighten you. That stuck out to me. <laughs> because yeah. if you do that, you'll learn about people and you won't be that bigot that you're talking about. Yeah. That's, that, exactly. that's important. Right. And the last thing I would say is True. make friends with people yeah. that don't necessarily look like you or have your views because you'll, gr- you'll grow from there. And those are things that I want right. you know, the people out there um, to do. And, you, you know, you fulfill your life. Um, before we go, Rick, uh, I know you have different social media outlets where people can reach you. Could you tell the people if they want to reach you or read some of your, your, your writings? Where can they find yeah. you? Yeah, well, uh, you can definitely find me at uh, Eric Rittenberry on, on WordPress.com. And most of my writings are on Medium.com, just by Googling Medium, Eric Rittenberry. And uh, yeah, man, I'm on Instagram and Facebook, and I'm around, man. Just Google it, and you can find it. <laughs> Ramblin Rambling Rit, man. We appreciate you, man. As hey, man, I appreciate for you coming guys on. Me on. It was a good conversation. Yes. Thank you for coming in, man. As our special oh. guest, man, we filled up the whole hour. Yep. Does yeah. anybody else have anything before? It's a fast I... out. Yeah, yeah, it goes by fast. Man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it goes by fast. We yep. would like to. Thank you for listening to another episode of Conversation Open Mind. We'd like to thank Mr. Ramblin' Ritt for being our guest today. And you can find us on various social media outlets and podcast outlets. Hope that you join us again. Thank you. <laughs>